I am so glad we get to be connected personally again. So uh, this week, we are going to pick up in the series, I Am. So before we do that, let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for the message this morning. Uh, I thank you for your word. I thank you that we're able to get uh, connected again in service. I thank you that we're get to, we get to be connected again in the house of the Lord and, and in this church. Lord, I pray that as we get into this message and what it means and what it means for our lives, that we wouldn't just uh, hear it and leave it here, but we would take it with us. Lord, that it would be a part of our lives moving forward. Lord, that we understand what it means when you say you are the good shepherd. Lord, we thank you and praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. During the last uh, three messages of this series, I am, we have seen that Jesus is the bread of life. We've seen that he's the light of the world. And then last week or two weeks ago, forgive me, two weeks ago, we saw that he is the door. He is the gate. Now we're going to pick up in John chapter 10, verse 11, with the next declaration by Jesus of who he is. It says this, John chapter 10, verse 11. Mikey, you got that? It says, I am, Jesus is saying this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees a wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away, listen to this carefully, because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Because he is a hired hand, he cares nothing for the sheep. The fourth I am, the fourth I am is found here. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. I don't know if there's a more timely message right now than Jesus is the good shepherd. How many know Jesus is the good shepherd, right? He is our leader. He is our guide. He should be directing our lives and especially directing our attitudes. If, if Jesus is not our shepherd, we're going to be led by all sorts of different things, right? We can be led by Fox News. We can be led by CNN. We can be led by Rush Limbaugh. We can be led by the, the radio and media personalities. But instead, let us be led by Jesus, our Savior. Amen? Is it okay if we just jump into it this morning? Steve, is that okay? Can we just jump right into it this morning? Listen, I know it's, it's been two months since our lives were disrupted by this thing, and, and I've watched and experienced a whole multitude of feelings, right? A whole multitude of emotions that range from faith to sadness to anger to depression to joy and to loneliness, and, and I've been in this thing. Listen, I've been everything from faith to fear, right? And, and maybe everything in between. I don't know what you've been feeling, but I know what I've been feeling. I've been feeling frustrated. I've been feeling angry. I know a lot of people feel angry. A lot of people feel frustrated. No matter what our emotions or our mindset or our attitudes are, can we come together and agree that we vitally need to follow Jesus as our leader? We vitally need to follow Jesus as our shepherd, right? no matter what political leanings you have, and I want to say this carefully, regardless of where you believe the coronavirus came from or where, it's, where it will take us, now more than ever before, 
we as Christians need our good shepherd. Now more than ever before, we should not be led by media, by news, or even by the different news reports that are coming out. We want to be led by faith and wisdom in Jesus Christ, right? For the context of what's happening here, uh, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees. Remember, uh, how many know what, who the Pharisees are? Right? The Pharisees are the religious leaders. Uh, it's a Hebrew word. Steve, do you remember what the Hebrew word means? Absolute jerk, right? That's <laughs> absolute. They just, just, they just suck the life out of everything. Uh, man, just super religious people that just suck the life out of everything. Can't stand it. But Jesus is speaking to these people. They're, they're the ones who are supposed to be leading the people, Steve. They're the ones who are supposed to be leading the people. He has just gotten done calling them, uh, if you remember the last message in the I Am series, he just got done calling them a bunch of thieves and liars. He just got done calling them a bunch of thieves and liars and destroyers. And then just as quickly, he pronounces that they are false shepherds and that he is the true good shepherd. He compares the Pharisees to hired men. This is interesting. They don't have any true interest in the good of the people. And so when the wolves come, they get out of the way. They don't have any true interest in the, in the love of people. And so when the wolves come, when, when the wolves come, the wolves have a job. Go to that first slide, Mike. Uh, the wolves have a job, and it's this. They want to scatter the sheep. Why do they want to scatter the sheep? Anybody have an idea? Easier prey. There's some quick ones. They get away, they get away pretty fast. Sheep aren't that fast, though. They're not very agile, right? They get away, but then there's some weak ones. Maybe there's one with a gimpy leg. And so, they, so now the sheep, they scatter, and now they can just pick off the easy ones, the weak ones, the susceptible ones, right? That's what wolves do. They want the sheep to scatter. That's its job, right? Listen, it might seem like we are scattered right now, but it's just for a short time. My prayer is that it's just for a short time, amen? We might be in separate locations. You could be on your couch. You could be in your recliner. We're in this building. Listen, we are the church, and we want to stay connected, and I believe that we will soon come back together, and I believe that we will be stronger in moving forward under Christ, who is our shepherd. Amen? I believe that's when we will be stronger. The word shepherd, uh, it could also be translated into the word pastor. So if you look in the Greek, it could be translated to the word pastor. And, and here's the thing. I talked uh, two weeks ago when I said I was going to be preaching on this. We talked about the burden that the pastor has to lead the church. It's the burden of the pastor to lead the church or the people of the church, but under the leadership of Christ. That's very important. If the pastor is not leading under the leadership of Christ, he is not a true shepherd. He's not a good pastor. Because just as you need Jesus as your shepherd, I need Jesus as my shepherd. Amen? We all need Jesus as our shepherd. I like, uh, there, are, there are far too many pastors. I want to say this carefully. I want you to listen to this carefully. There are far too many pastors leading churches that are simply hired men. 
In his commentary on John, David, uh, David Guzik, he shares a quote from uh, Charles Spurgeon, and I think it's worth hearing today. He says this. Listen to this carefully. He says, how many there are of whom we have reason to fear because they must be hirelings. Because when they see false doctrine or error, they do not oppose it. They are willing to put up with anything for the sake of peace and quietness. These are false shepherds. These are, these are false teachers. These are hirelings. There are far too many pastors that when they see false teaching, when they see false doctrines, rather than confront it or expose it, they just remain quiet about it. They just remain quiet about it. And, and the wolves come and take the little sheep. That's what happens. I had a conversation with a pastor uh, just in this last year where I said to him, we shouldn't be uh, coming together and partnering with other churches that are against the Word of God. Other churches that are against the Bible and, and going against the Word of God and speaking against uh, the Word of God. And so, and, and there, there was kind of this this uh, this attitude of well, hold on a second. We if we all believe in Jesus, then we can just come together in an ecumenical way. And and yeah, you might not believe you know this or you might not believe that, but but we all believe in Jesus, right? And I said, well, wait a minute. If they're saying they believe in Jesus, but they're not believing everything Jesus said, or they say that they're believing in Jesus, but they're not believing all the rest of the Bible, then the Jesus they're believing in is a false Jesus. That's a wolf in sheep's clothing. It looks like an angel of light, but it's not. Why would we want to partner with them? Why would we want to be together with them? What kind of confusion would that cause? I spoke this, I was talking to this pastor about this, and, and he got a little upset. And, and, and he got a little angry. And, and, and right then, the phone hung up. The phone hung up. And I went, uh-oh, I've done it now, Doug. He called me back about a minute later. He said, man, that was the worst time ever for my phone to die on me. His phone actually died on him. He wasn't like a, yeah. He said it was the worst time ever for my phone to die. I said, no, it's okay. And we talked it out, but I said, listen, as, as churches that love the Lord and love the Word of God and follow the leadership of Jesus Christ, we want to be very careful who we, who we interact and, and, and partner with. In ministry, we don't want to. We don't want to be uh, wolves in sheep's clothing, right? We don't want to partner with wolves. Why would we do that? It didn't make any sense to me. There are far too many pastors. They see the false teaching, they just remain quiet. They see they see the false teaching, they see the false doctrine, they just just remain quiet. Listen, listen. Culture accepts it now. It's good. Let's just let's just move forward with. This. We're good. Jesus takes a different approach to the wolves. Jesus takes a different approach. In fact, he says this, Jesus confronts the wolves and protects the sheep. And my job as a pastor is to do the same. My job is to, to be an example, is to follow the example that Christ gave, right? So Jesus is careful to let the Pharisees know what makes a good shepherd, and then we start hearing it in verse 14. Go to verse 14, Mike. Verse 14 says this, but next slide. It says this. What's that? 
It says 14. Oh, you know what? I messed up because I didn't change the 11 to 13. Man, thank you, Mike. I was like waiting for it. It says this. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Was this the verse before too? Did I just leave the same verse in there? Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's all right. We'll get through this. It says this, verse 15, just as I lay, I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and they shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life. Jesus is talking about what's going to happen at the cross, right? Jesus is saying, listen, this is a, this is a foreshadowing of what's going to happen. I'm going to lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me. Listen to this, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. Jesus is laying down the truth of who he is compared to the lies of the Pharisees. The lies of the Pharisees. He says, listen, no, I am the good shepherd. You are a false shepherd. I am the good shepherd. You are hirelings. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. He says to the Pharisees, I lay down my life for the sheep. I don't run away from the wolves. I run toward the wolves. That's the difference between a shepherd and a hireling. A hireling runs away from the wolves. The shepherd grabs his crook and he runs towards the wolves. And, he, and, and at times it gets violent. Have you ever seen a shepherd defend a sheep? I have not, but I can imagine. As the wolf comes up, he's got to crack it in the head. He's got to crack it in the body. He's got to jab it somewhere. It probably gets a little bit violent. He's trying to get the wolves away from the sheep by any means necessary. I once heard a story about a, a boy who was in a marketplace. He was screaming and crying, and a crowd had gathered around him as a rabid dog was gnarling at him. Out of nowhere, a grown man appeared and, and, and jumped on the dog. The grown man appeared, jumped on the dog, and, and the dog started biting at him and started gnarling, and, and, and foam was coming out of his mouth, and, and the man grabbed at him and started, started squeezing as hard as he could, and, and pretty soon he got his neck around the dog, and, and that dog was gnarling, and there was blood, and there was, there was phlegm, and all this stuff was going everywhere, and he got his arm around the dog, and he kept squeezing and squeezing, and finally started to squeeze the life out of the dog. He's on the ground. He's, he's bloody. He's got all this stuff over him. is dirt and mucus and blood. And, and finally, the dog dies. Someone said, who was that man? They said, it is the boy's father who will do anything to protect him, including lay down his life. Is that the attitude that we have about the gospel of Jesus Christ? That when the wolves come in, that's the, that's the attitude that pastors need to have, that shepherds need to have, that when, when a threat comes in, when a wolf comes in, that we will do anything to protect the sheep. 
that we will do anything to protect the sheep. You say, Pastor David, that's a very violent picture. Yes, sometimes the kingdom of heaven is violent. How many know the Bible says the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force? That's the way it happens sometimes. It's a violent picture of the cross. That when a rabid dog is trying to take your soul and take your life and trying to destroy everything within you, Jesus comes down and there's a bloody and brutal battle when he lays down his life for you. He willingly laid his life down. He had the power at any time to come off the cross. He had the power at any time to call angels down and take them, just, just relieve me, right? But he willingly laid his life down for you. I do want to take a brief look at, at verse 16 again. It says this, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. Jesus is talking there about the Gentiles. There's the Jewish people there, that, but the Gentiles are going to be brought in too. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Say one flock and one shepherd. Say one flock and one shepherd. Say bat. Bat. Oh, come on. I'm going to stay six feet away. But Louise, I want to hear a bat. Close. Anybody have a really good loud bat? Oh, Mike, I knew. I could count on Mike. Doug, you got a bat in you? No, it doesn't have one. Jeff, you got one in you? No, be good. <laughs> it's a bad joke. Listen, the truth is that we could go further into John 10, right? Uh, if you know anything about John 10, we could go further into it. We could talk about, we go and springboard into a study of Calvinism versus Arminianism and, and all the things that go into that. But we're not going to do that today. Instead, uh, we've actually, we, I think I preached on that a couple months back. And so we don't need to go into that today. But instead, I want to stay here a bit and look at what does it mean to be a sheep? What does it mean to be a sheep? You're sheep, I'm sheep, right? Listen, I'm the shepherd under Christ, but I'm also a part of the flock. Okay, I need the same leading and guiding and teaching that you need. Right? A lot of times I get the message, I get it preached to me before I get to preach it to you. That's how it happens. There's times where I need discipline and correction, right, Steve? Sometimes Steve is that discipline and correction. What are you doing, Pastor David? Are you kidding me? We need discipline and correction sometimes, right, Doug? Hallelujah. There's sometimes, how many know, honey, how many know there's sometimes I need a nudge in the right direction? Just a nudge, a gentle prodding, right? And so that's what the Holy Spirit does. He nudges us in the right direction. Jesus is our good shepherd, is there to nudge us and, and kind of move us in the right direction and guide us in the right direction. And listen, I don't know a whole lot about sheep. How many, how many ever raised sheep? Anybody raise sheep around here? I don't know. Are there any sheep around here? There's some sheep. I've seen sheep, different people's yards. I don't know a lot about sheep, but I do know that they get into trouble once in a while, right? Sheep get into trouble once in a while. Uh, there was an author, author and speaker. His name is Tim Challies, and he shares a, a real news story out of Iran. 
about sheep that is worth repeating. So I want you to listen carefully to this. This is the news story. Hundreds of sheep followed their leader off a cliff in eastern Turkey, plunging to their deaths this week while shepherds looked on in dismay. 400 sheep fell 15 meters to their death in a ravine in a province near Iran, but broke the fall of another 1,100 animals who survived. Shepherds from a nearby village neglected the flock while eating breakfast, leaving the sheep to roam free. The loss to local farmers was estimated at $74,000. Tim went on to say this. He said, one sheep, listen to this, one sheep wandered off the cliff, and 1,499 just followed along. I want you to think about that for a second. Just do, 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 right? And they get to that cliff and woo, right? And so one falls 15 meters. One falls. Listen, this is what was, what's funny. Can you picture 1,500 sheep just one after another? Do, 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 boom, you know? And 15 meters they fall. And then it gets to where, this is funny, because soon they were piled so deep that the ones on the bottom, while they were crushed to death, the ones on top were basically following into a big, downy, soft pillow, right? It's not that funny because 100 sheep died. That's not good. But 1,400 lived because, and they fall right into the pillow, right? But that's the way sheep are. How in the world did this happen? I don't know too much about sheep, but I know this. Sheep like to follow. Sheep like to follow. They were following the guy in front of them. Doesn't matter where he's going, I'm going. Doesn't matter where he's going, I'm going. Have you ever, you may have said it one time, or you probably heard it said to you, well, if all your friends jumped off a cliff, would you? How many ever got in trouble? And your parents said that to you. I don't know if my parents ever said that to me. We've always heard it, right? Well, come on now. I mean, I got in trouble with my friends, and we all got in trouble together. Well, yeah, but they were doing it. Well, if all your friends jump off a cliff, would you? I imagine the sheep parents were like, well, if all your friends just walked off a cliff, right, would you? And they did. 1,500 of them. $74,000 worth of damage. Of course, we would say, well, of course we wouldn't just jump off a cliff. Of course we wouldn't just walk off a cliff. We're not just following the guy in front of us. Sometimes we are. Just following the guy in front of us. Just following the guy with the loudest voice, which happens to be me right now. Listen, I was speaking to some people this last week about people uh, who get caught up in cults. We were talking about people who get caught up in cults, people who have been entirely brainwashed by false teachers and leaders, right? They can be led to their destruction. They can be led to the end of their lives in following the lies of the enemy, in following the lies of false teachers, in following the lies of false shepherds. I bring this up because, listen, especially in times of uncertainty, especially in times of uncertainty, we want to be sure of who we're following. We want to be absolutely entirely sure of who we are following. Jesus is our good shepherd this morning. Uh, Tim Challey's in the article that he wrote. I don't want to bring it up right now, but uh, <laughs> he said, in referring to sheep, he said, sheep are... I'm not saying this about you guys. I'm saying this is what the author said about sheep. He said they are dumb, 
directionless and devotionless. How many times do we just make dumb, directionless, devotionless moves? Just like the children of Israel did. Children of Israel, they get delivered from, from Pharaoh. They get delivered from Egypt. And, and, and it's not soon before they're complaining and they're grumbling and they want to go back. Man, remember how good it was there? They're following the wrong voice. They're following the wrong leaders. They're following the wrong teachers. We want to be sure that, our, that, that the one we're following is Jesus Christ. We want to be following the good shepherd this morning. Amen? Amen. I don't have a long message this morning. I really don't. After the service, we're going to, you know, if, if you want to converse with each other, you're going to do it outside and six feet apart and maintain the distance. And God bless, you know, what you guys do. And, and I don't know that there's any restaurants open and things like that. But if you want to converse and, and do all of that, that's fine. So I don't have a long message this morning. I don't have a, a real long sermon this morning. But I, I have this. We as sheep tend to wander. We as sheep tend to follow along. But Jesus wants to guide us. Where does Jesus want to guide us? Where does Jesus want to guide us? It's a good question. It has a great answer. So I want to end the message this morning by pointing you towards Psalm chapter 23. It's a psalm of David that many of us are familiar with. But it's always good to be reminded. It says this. Go to the next slide there. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When we think about where Jesus, our good shepherd, is leading us, this is a psalm of David. He was a shepherd. He knew what it was like to fend up fend off the wolves. He knew what it was like to fight for the sheep, right? When he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. David speaks from experience. David is speaking from, hey, here's who's leading me. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters or quiet waters. I'm telling you where we are right now in some places, some of you, some of you have gone through this coronavirus so far and it hasn't really affected you. You've been fine. You've been working hard. You've been doing what you got to do, and your job hasn't suffered. You've been in green pastures and still waters in the midst of chaos. But there are some people who are in turbulent waters right now. There are some people who are in the middle of a storm in their lives right now. There are some people who are struggling financially. They're looking at the economy and not sure what's going to happen with it, and, and just all sorts of questions plague their minds. And, Jesus is our good shepherd that will lead us towards green pastures and still waters. Jesus is the one who calms the storm, right? 
you'll stand with me this morning. I told you, it's not a real long message. It's only, for those keeping track, it, it was only, uh, oh, I don't know, 30 minutes or so, Gary, I don't know. <laughs> How many are glad to be back in the house of the Lord together? Man, I am. How many are glad that, listen, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm a part of the flock like you are. A lot of times we're going through this together, right? I have my family here with me. You guys have your families with you, and we're trying to maintain distance and the new, new normal of social distancing. And I pray that wherever we are, whatever season we're in right now, whether you're in a storm or whether you're in green pastures, let Jesus be the guide of your life. Let Jesus be your good shepherd this morning. Don't be led about by media or news or politics. Be led by the presence of God. Amen? Let's pray this morning. Lord, I thank you so much for those who are here, those who are able to watch and listen online. Lord, I pray that uh, as we move out of this building and into the community and back to some, some of us back to our jobs and some of us back to our farms and, and, and back to our neighbors and loved ones, Lord, I pray that we would just hold on to this message. That we would only look towards you, Jesus, as our good shepherd. There's a lot of, a lot of noise out there right now. There's a lot of voices calling for your attention right now. There's a lot of voices trying to direct and lead you right now. My prayer is that you would stop paying attention to them. My prayer is that you would stop listening to them. My prayer is that you would only look towards Christ as your good shepherd. That you move forward with faith and with wisdom. And that we do it together. Lord, I thank you for being our good shepherd this morning. Lord, we offer you praise and glory and worship. This is not about us. Let it only be about you. Lord Jesus, be our guide. Continue to lead us. Continue to guide us. Continue to watch over us. We thank you and praise you, Lord. We pray for those who are going through it right now. We pray for those who are suffering right now. We pray for those who, are, who are, have been greatly, greatly affected by this coronavirus and COVID-19. Lord, we pray that you would just move in their lives. We're not sure why this is being allowed to happen, but we know that you are in control. We're not sure why the different people are suffering in the ways that they are, but we know that you are in control and that you take what's evil and, and you turn it to good. So, Lord, we pray that we would just be led by you in every aspect of our lives. Lord, we thank you for the cross this morning. We thank you that you willingly laid down your life for us. It wasn't something you were forced to do. It was something that you willingly did. I thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Hey, listen, it's 1130. It's a little early, but that's okay. God bless you guys. We love you. Uh,
If you have an offering this morning and you want to put it in the basket on your way out, uh, we thank you for it. We're going to be using it for missions. We're still doing ministry. Uh, I believe God will bless you for it. Do it cheerfully, right? Amen. And uh, God bless you guys. Have a great week, and we will see you prayerfully next week.